Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Okay, we're all in take five. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. It is a Friday. It is a foggy football Friday, Rod, but despite the dense fog, it's still a... Free flag, feel good, fake it till you make it. Ric Flair, woo! Football Friday edition. Uh, hook them up with Ian Rod B. And sad to say, we're running low. Few and fewer of those Football Fridays on the horizon. I believe we only got two, two more. Yeah, well, if we That's count it. the Senior Bowl <laughs> next weekend well, as, we'll a, count, we'll as a football it, game. Because we still would have a football game on the horizon, so we'll still be talking football. But after that, no official football anymore. I mean, are you going to count Combine weekend? Stuff like that? No, no actual game weeks. Ah, man, you know, it's gonna be sad. It goes by fast. It goes. By. And it's been a it's been a fun year, but at oh, the same time, great football year. Texans won the division, made the playoffs. Cowboys made the playoffs too. Yeah, one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know that was Cowboys just, had a great regular season. They which did. Come but to I, expect now. It's just a different. I don't know. It's a different feeling as a Texans fan because I know Cowboys fans are not happy. Yeah, their, it's a hollow year for the Cowboys, yes, without not, a doubt, and maybe even less than they're that. They're not happy with the ending. Texas fans, actually, even though they got beat you know, by double digits and blown out by the Ravens, every Texas fan I talk to is ecstatic. Future's bright. Future's <laughs> bright. Right there, they are so optimistic right now because their team is ahead of schedule. The Cowboys are behind schedule. Yeah, long. I mean, Texans fall in line with kind of the, the Longhorn fans right yeah. now. Longhorn fans they're are giddy. They're, they're disappointed that they lost in the semifinal to Washington and – but, man, they feel like the, the, the future is bright, the yeah. ceiling is high, and a lot of good things to come the way Steve Sarkeesian. Speaking of Steve Sarkeesian, coming up behind the burn orange curtain, Rottle, uh, tell us about uh, what looks to be the new defensive line coach at Texas. Looks like Sark has identified Bo Davis' replacement. We'll get you details, and Rod will get you a deep dive on him. Also, we'll be halfway through our Friday conversation, so we'll go at the turn at the bottom of this hour. Plus, we'll talk some NFL, obviously a ton of NFL. Uh, here, uh, in, in reference to our conversation about the Harbaugh's before the top of the hour, Rod, and Bullish and BS, says here that, by the way, somebody, one of you astute texters on the message line posted that, hey, you guys, talk about what, how Jim Harbaugh has aged worse than his brother John. He has. He did play 14 years of NFL football as yep. a quarterback. And that, if you remember Jim Harbaugh, he was a physical quarterback. That's true. He, that will age you. <laughs> he took a pounding. He didn't that mind will. sticking his face in there. And uh, he was one. He was not a quarterback who, like, we see the quarterbacks now sliding because they should, but – John Har- Jim Harbaugh was not a slider. Well, that's a different age. They didn't protect quarterbacks back then. They protect quarterbacks now. They didn't ask Joe Montana. And well, even for his era, he was more Jim Kelly than. Yeah, they didn't protect them quarterbacks back then. I mean, they got they got rattled around a ton. Oh my even gosh. when Brady first got in the league, they didn't protect Brady when he first got. Well, Brady well that's why Brady was openly criticizing yeah. the current state of football. Him and him and Peyton Manning, they're the ones that really why they started protecting the QBs because well, they make too much money. They were yeah, they were going, but they were going secretly to officials and to the company's committee. Like, hey man, I need to protect these quarterbacks. That was going on. Well, 
owners who run the league are saying we, these are our biggest investments. We can't yeah. have them getting hurt. And now so they're the getting hurt. Of, plus, the TV ratings go down when you got backup quarterbacks. And now they're getting hurt more than ever, and the TV ratings are through the roof. So through what? the roof. <laughs> so what? Yeah. So what does it mean? What does it mean? Yeah. What does it mean? <laughs> Tell me what it means. <laughs> Tell me what it means. Yeah. It means we're well, addicted to football. And of course, in the AFC, we have two AFC, uh, you know, MVPs squaring off, and then in the NFC, we have the. The resurrection story of Jared Goff as the number yep. one overall pick, and now back. And obviously, Brock Purdy is the—he's become a polarizing conversation, uh, and it just—it really leads to the, the conversations of that we're having. But uh, John Jim Harbaugh, by the way, told the Detroit News that he is—he's uh, going to be in Ann Arbor today to say goodbye to his team. Okay. He's going to then fly to Baltimore to root on his brother in the AFC Championship game, and then he said, "I'm going to Los Angeles, and that's it." I'm moving back. Moving L.A. Back, for good. That's right. Too damn uh, cold here in Ann Arbor. Now, we'll say, and that's another thing, too. Yeah, that, hey, you, the West Coast, man, make you feel young again. That West Coast, make you feel young and vibrant on that West Coast. Wish, I, I, wish, I, yeah. I think, no, I, I'm, I'm happy for Jamal Ball more. I'm happier for Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert's going to benefit the most out of everybody that's uh, – He's the, the happiest guy this morning. Yeah, everybody that's involved with this and that will be impacted by it. It's him because his legacy was – man, he was just going to be one of those guys that had all the, the, the tools and was a great player that just kind of went by the wayside and never got a chance to even play in big games because they never got there. Well, now that we know that the – that's a great point too, by the way, and I think you're right on the nose. I think that uh, it's interesting now that we know that the Falcons have hired Raheem Morris – Remember, they interviewed Jim Harbaugh twice. I mean, they, they interviewed 14 coaches. They interviewed more coaches than anybody. You wonder yeah. if Jim Harbaugh had said, you know what, I really want the Falcons job if they would have hired him. Uh, instead, he wanted LA, he wanted the Chargers because he knows the Spanoses, and he's got Justin Herbert. Got a quarterback. It's almost like, a, and, and, you know, he knows the West Coast. But I, I still wonder if the Falcons could have hired Jim Harbaugh. Would they have? I don't know if Jim Harbaugh would have taken that job. Uh, so we'll see. We'll never know. It's Raheem Morris's gig. Speaking of Jim Harbaugh, can I ask you and tie this bullish or BS? Uh, there was a picture that was posted of he and his wife celebrating the new contract with L.A. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were at a steakhouse, and they both had these really nice big steaks. And Jim Harbaugh, of course, sitting right next to his steak plate, a big old full glass of milk. That's disgusting. <laughs> I don't like white condiments or white liquid, so you know how I feel about that. It's I mean, disgusting. you expect to see like a, a nice red wine or no. something. No, a big <laughs> glass of milk. Disgusting. Is that so? Disgusting. Are you bullish on that, Ty? Big glass of milk with that your tomahawk is... steak? Oh, no. Uh, no. It's just so Jim Harbaugh. You got to see this picture, and you got this beautiful steak. You got his wife next to you. They're out for a date, celebrating, and there's that big old. Glass I, I don't of know milk. if either of y'all will get this so reference, gross. but in, in Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Charlie um, Charlie Day is the actor, but his name's Charlie in the show. His his favorite meal is milk steak. It's mentioned yeah. many, many times. No, I see. Yeah, <laughs> so that's funny. what that makes me think of. Can I just say? <laughs> and, and the caption <laughs> indicated that it might have been warm milk. Is that possible? Can you drink warm milk? No, I, don't drink milk? I, I don't even know. Some people drink warm milk, don't he they? He seems like That's the kind of said. guy that would drink breast Before milk. Before bed? <laughs> what, Jim Harbaugh? Yeah. Breast breast or at least no, I don't tried think it. breast milk. I, I, I guarantee well, you that man has tried breast milk before. Because well, I, I mean, you drink well, you drink hot chocolate, and when I was a kid, I would just heat up the and put put in the like the quick yeah. powder, and I'd some heat people, it up, and it'd be like drink warm milk. Yeah, I guess it's he does. So gross. Like, what, like little kids. Though. That's like what you drink, like little kids drink before <laughs> they go to bed. Yes, that's that's exactly right. And that's so to see 60-year-old Jim Harbaugh not, like said, with this big cup of warm milk. <laughs> disgusting. No, this doesn't it doesn't surprise me though. Jim Harbaugh is an eccentric person. Like he he's is, a weird guy. He is a very very weird dude and Well, you had to cut the sound yesterday of yeah, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown on a recruiting visit to Michigan. Said he got in there and just sat there and Harbaugh sat there in silence for 2 minutes, just like staring at him. Guy's weird, man. Didn't say a word. Mm-mm. 
Nope. <laughs> and he, my, my mom Ross St. Brown said that's why he didn't go. He's like, no, nah, I didn't. I don't. That dude's weird. Dude's strange. And then he was talking to Blake Coleman. Was like, yeah, he's weird. So either you you're into it or you're not. That's pretty much what it is. That you either love him or hate him, and you're into his quirky, weird, eccentric ways, or you're not. And I think that's probably why he did go to San Diego because they were like, no, oh, we're not bothered by weird, quirky. Yeah, we ways. know him. We, yeah, you're good. We're used to that. It's all good. We know cause, cause, we know what to expect with y'all. Some people are like they're taken aback. Like, what is going on? What is wrong with this dude? Yeah, Why is he shirtless, walking around in khakis and cleats? Uh, you know, around the facility. That's weird. And it's like, no, that's Harbaugh. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he's it's he's, almost to like a Mike Leach level of weirdness, yeah, and quirkiness with him. He's, uh, but he's yeah. a damn good football coach. He's an acquired taste. All right, let's get to the headlines. Uh, all the top stories you need to know as you start your weekend. Top Gun Reynolds and Lonica, we bring it to you. Start with Texas football. Been two weeks since former defensive line coach Bo Davis left the Longhorns to take the same position at LSU. Peter Steve Sarkeesian has identified his replacement. Multiple reports now that the Longhorns will hire Miami Dolphins assistant defensive line coach Kenny Baker. Rod will have more on uh, his resume and what he brings. We're coming up in uh, behind the burn orange curtain. Two more head coaching vacancies filled yesterday in the NFL ahead of Championship Sunday. Atlanta is hiring Raheem Morris, 47-year-old, previously was head coach in Tampa when he was 32 years old, and he actually took over for Dan Quinn when the Falcons fired him during the 2020 season. He coached the last 11 games in Atlanta. Last three years he's been with the Rams. Coaching their defense helped them win a Super Bowl. In Carolina, Panthers have agreed to terms with Buccaneers offensive coordinator Dave Canales. Uh, and the 42-year-old was the Seahawks, with the Seahawks for 13 years. Before leading the Tampa Bay office, the Tampa Bay offense this past season, he's credited for helping both Geno Smith and Baker Mayfield post their best seasons. Also in Seattle, he worked with new Panthers general manager Dan Morgan, who Carolina hired earlier this week. So six of the league's eight vacancies are filled. Only Washington and Seattle remain open. Developing story off the field in the NFL with the New England Patriots wide receiver Kayshawn Boutte arrested yesterday on charges related to illegal online gaming. When he was underage and playing at LSU, Boutte is accused of creating an online betting account under a fake name and then placing more than 8,900 illegal bets. State police said in the news release that at least 17 of the bets were on NCAA football games. Six were ragers on LSU football. Investigators said the efforts led to more than $500,000 in winnings, with most of that money being used to place additional bets. Back to uh, the 40 Acres, entering the program's final season with the Big 12. Texas baseball team picked to finish second in the conference standings, according to the preseason baseball poll released yesterday. The Leafs coaches who voted on the poll were not allowed to vote for their own teams. They picked TCU to finish in first place. Uh, both Texas basketball teams in action this weekend. The suddenly surging Texas men will look to make it three wins in a row. They'll face 21st-ranked BYU tomorrow in Provo at game tips at 1 o'clock. Then the Texas women look for a bounce-back game when they play Cincinnati, host Cincinnati tomorrow afternoon at Moody Center. That's a 2 o'clock tip. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. Topgun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Yes, a girl. I think it's actually a really good hire by the Falcons. The more and more I look into it, I, I, I like it better than the Belichick hire. I'll just say that. I do like it better than the Belichick hire. I think Belichick would have been way too stubborn and pig-headed uh, about that, about that, that, that coaching, about the coaching staff, uh, but about the way he wanted to coach the team and the way that he wanted to respect hierarchy or chain of command. And I, I, I do. I think Raheem Moore is coming in there. Um, if he hire, if he goes with the McShanahan coaching tree and hires a someone from the Shanahan coaching tree as his offensive coordinator, I do think Raheem Morris will probably is a better fit for what they want to do right now. Well, especially if you believe what you just said is true, and I do that that and and 
we talked about this when, when he was first interviewing Atlanta. You know, I, we were talking about maybe as a strength that they have Rich McKay in place as the team's president, right? Rich mm-hmm. McKay, you know, lo, you know, third generation NFL guy. He handles all their competition committee. He represents them at the NFL meetings. Uh, he's the CEO. Uh, and then they have they have the Terry Fontenot. Terry Fontenot is the general manager. Yep. And so they have a, a real chain of command. And that's not Bill Belichick's norm. He's used to reporting directly to, to Robert Kraft and Robert Kraft only. And it sounds like Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, reported that that's something he still wanted with Arthur Blank. He wanted to go directly to Blank, which, you know, Rich McKay and Terry Fontenot are like, no, no, we're going to have a chain of command. We like Belichick. But in the end, they go with a coach who they're more familiar with. They know they work with. He was there in Atlanta in 2020. There were a lot of people there apparently in the front office that wanted to keep going with, with Raheem Morris after they fired Dan Quinn, but they, they chose elsewhere. And he's gone on to great success with the L.A. Rams, uh, won a Super Bowl with Sean McVay. So. Yep. I think, it, it, it again, familiarity. I mean, you say what you want about the, who, who's the best fit. We just said it with Jim Harbaugh. He's quirky. But the Spanos family knows him well mm-hmm. and familiar with how his quirks are. Um, Bill Belichick is an acquired taste, man, in a big way. And it comes with short term. I mean, how long is he going to be there? I mean, if you're hiring a coach, you want him there for at least five years, maybe ten if, he, mm-hmm. if it works for you. You'd love to have that opportunity. But, so he's, what is he, two or three years max? Uh, maybe four. Yeah. But then when you're bringing in a new quarterback, which they, that organization will draft a quarterback. Sure. You would like the coach and the quarterback. You almost want to be a matchmaker as a GM and you like them to grow together. And it, that way you want them a little bit younger and you'd like uh, ideally for that coach, like you said, if everything works out, for him to be there for 10 years, if that is going to be the case. Um, and yeah, so I don't, I'm with you. I don't, I don't trust Belichick hiring a coaching staff. I think that was something else I question. And I don't necessarily trust him de- be, de- helping input, having input drafting my young quarterback. It's why a lot of people know were, about that thought, and maybe still think he would be a good fit with the Cowboys, right? Because would he work with Jerry Jones? The reports from NFL insiders that he and Jerry Jones have developed a friendly relationship over time. They've known each other for 40 years uh, since, since, since Jerry bought the team. And he would report directly to Jerry. <laughs> you know, it would be kind of like the Robert Kraft thing, that he wouldn't have yeah. any interference. It goes, you're, you're reporting on to one person, which is, which is what Belichick would want, to where if you're, if you're Arthur Blank in Atlanta, you're tearing down your whole front office. If you're hiring Belichick, you're pretty much pushing Rich McKay aside, and, you know, that's what he wants. Now, does he deserve that? That's a fair question. But in Atlanta, it's been built that way. And they go with someone that they're familiar with. The Jerry Jones thing, that would be kind of his style. Yeah, but then you worry about who is he going to hire as the OC to help o- to help oversee the no. development of Dak and the Dak friendly offense. I don't trust. I don't trust Bill Belichick doing that. No, I don't either. I just say it would be more of a fit. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, and I don't think it's so going to happen. Agree. My big, my big question with any de- defensive coordinator becoming a head coach is: All right, who's your OC? Who's your OC and why? I need to know. Who's your OC and why? And I think when Bill Belichick brings it, he's like, oh, Josh McDaniels is my OC. He's like, well, nah, mm. then you're just trying to recreate the Patriot way. We're not, no, no. I need to know who's your OC and why you chose him as your OC because then you'll be able to explain to me your brand of complimentary football as a head coach. What's your vision for this team, their brand of football, their identity, because that, that's what it is, right? And you pair up this offense with this style of defense. That's why the Ravens are so formidable. <laughs> when they went out and the guys said, like, no, we're going to get Todd Munkin. We want a guy that's got air raid roots. We want to spread teams out with Lamar Jackson, the greatest dual threat, most dangerous dual threat quarterback in the history of the NFL with a spread offense. How are you going to defend it? 
How are you going to defend it? Well, I don't know. And then you and, uh, and an elite defense. On and the other an elite side. defense, right? That, they, that this is the kind of so when you bring in a defensive minded head coach or even a special teams, which is what John Harbaugh is, I got to know what style of offense that you want to pair it up with, and that's because that is important. Because not all offenses match up well with every defense. No, you're right about that. I just and it's interesting when Baltimore was we watched this AFC Championship game. Both I mean Todd Monken came from Georgia, and Mike McDonald is a, is a Georgia grad and was a staffer at Georgia before as he climbed the ladder. So Georgia Bulldogs being represented in that. We know over in the NFC it's Longhorn versus Aggie. It's Longhorn versus Aggie, and I'll play some sound for you coming up later. With uh, Kyle Shanahan was asked about. I saw that. Did you see that? Yeah, we'll play. It's pretty funny. It is funny. Uh, he went full Longhorn, and good for Kyle. Uh, but Longhorn versus Aggie in the NFC Championship game. Real quick, Rod, uh, two vacancies left. I'll mention this again that, you know, if, if indeed the Seahawks are waiting on Mike McDonald and maybe that the commanders are waiting on Ben Johnson, the mm-hmm. offensive coordinator of the Lions, well, that's going to bring Dan Quinn back to Dallas for another year because that would be it, right? Belichick, Quinn, Vrabel, all people we were certain were going to land one of these jobs. They all three would be without a chair as the music stops, potentially. Now, Dan Quinn still could get the Seattle job. We'll see. That may happen soon. But there is some thought they're waiting on uh, the Baltimore defensive coordinator because he is the hot commodity right now. But I wanted to give you these, Rod, and we'll let uh, our audience in Tyway in, too. You can hit it. But uh, here is here are the Vegas odds now that the, the five finalists for each NFL award have been announced. This is Associated Press. And the way the votes go with all the AP voters is you list your, your you rank your each each uh, each award one through five. Okay. So now they have so you have five of each, and according to the Vegas Insider, Lamar Jackson is the heavy favorite minus ten thousand to win the MVP. So it's in Vegas it's almost assumed that that's Lamar Jackson. Dak Prescott plus eighteen hundred, Brock Purdy plus twenty five hundred, Josh Allen fourth. So I mean slam dunk for Lamar Jackson I believe. Um, I, you know, and I think those last couple of games against San Francisco and then Miami solidified it for Lamar. That if you were, ha- if you were on the yeah. fence, those two performances are like, okay, Lamar Jackson. It is. I he mean, had, he had a five touchdown performance, touchdown th- against the Dolphins, throw 56 points. Well, and I mean, in a showdown game in the AFC. You upli- he, he uplifts the play of everybody around him. They have built that whole offense right. That's why I think Dak is going to, like you said, Dak's going to finish second potentially, and he deserves it because they built the offense around. Dak, pretty much. It was built. Well, he had a great regular season, and even more. The the vote was in before the playoffs began. And the reason that Lamar deserves it above Dak is because Lamar doesn't have. I mean, Dak's got CD at least, right? CD's in the running for offensive player of the year. CD had one of the. He's an all-pro, first-team all-pro. Lamar's got great weapons around him, but who on offense is a first-team all-pro of the weapon? Mark Andrews has that kind of talent, but he wasn't that banged up. He had been banged up this year. It's 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 Lamar Jackson's offense, pretty much. Hundred percent, he's he, going to win the MVP. Yeah, and rightfully so. Yeah, uh, for the second time. And they're the best team too. The way hundred percent they dominated teams down the stretch. So and remember, Zay Flowers made a huge difference. In that, this he did. He did. He did. But he's not. He's not even pro. up for rookie of the year. Yeah. So I'm saying like that. CD CD stands out as a first team All Pro. Like he's literally one of the top three best receivers in the game right now. Well, and we'll get to that because here it is right here. Lamar didn't have that odds to win the Offensive Player of the Year award, which. Um, you know, you've got Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill as the odds favorites right now. Christian McCaffrey's the odds favorite of minus three seventy five. Wow. Tyreek Hill's plus two seventy five. C D Lamb is plus fifteen hundred. So it's really according to the Vegas insiders, it's between McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill. Who would mm. you go with? McCaffrey or Tyreek Hill. Damn, that is good. Mm. Probably McCaffrey, but yeah, I'd probably go with McCaffrey. Yeah. Ty? Tyree Kill or McCaffrey? Vegas says it's between those two. CeeDee Lamb third, but that's plus 1,500. 
How many receiving yards did Tyreek Hill? How close did he get to 2,000? And his house burned down. <laughs> that is true. I forgot about that. I, I, I I'll, I'll probably have to go with McCaffrey, though. I, he, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I'm gonna go with Vegas on this one, McCaffrey. All right. I, I think that's probably gonna it, but it does appear between this, those two. He had, uh, he finished with 1,779, almost 1,800 yards received. Tyreek Hill, 13 touchdowns. Yeah, because he slowed down. He was on. And he got a, hurt. He was on the pace. Yeah, he was, on, a little bit. he was on the pace for 2,000 times. So you're right. He was on pace, and at that time, he was on. He was in MVP conversation. Uh, NFL's Defensive Player of the Year odds: Miles Garrett minus two hundred, Micah Parsons plus three hundred. So, it's, and then T.J. Watt plus four hundred. So it's really a three three player race there. Max Crosby's down at plus five thousand. Um, but Cowboys are clearly the most talented team in the NFL. If you let, based on these things, based on right these awards too. Oh yeah, you got two Defensive Player of the Year candidates. Well, listen, I mean, d- MVP d- d- Deron Bland is one of the five finalists. That's what I'm saying. Deron Bland and Micah Parsons are both among the five finalists for the Defensive Player of the Year. You guys lost in the wild card round. <laughs> they lost it by a lot. With all these. With all, does with does, all does Green talent. Bay have one guy that's on any of these lists? No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but with, so, and you remember, T.J. Watt had 19 sacks. Miles Garrett. That's probably going to be Miles Garrett, right, when it comes down to it in Cleveland? Oh, yeah. He had the most hype, but I, I, I haven't looked at all the stats. But he's got the most hype. I think he should win it because I love the way they use and they move him around. And by everywhere. the way, in uh, in the Green Bay game that the Cowboys lost to, and again, this is regular season awards, oh, uh, Micah had two tackles. Two tackles. I told you, and he faded. He faded toward it. He must well, have And then, of course, his brother on Twitter went after Dan Quinn for not using him properly. Uh, but either I, way. I think the discussion now is because they basically have they've turned him into an edge rusher. He's an edge rusher now. Like all the multiplicity and the positionless football stuff is pretty much out the window. He just rushes from the edge. And now the question is, should you turn him back into a player who can be a movable chess piece that depending on the matchup that week, you're moving him around to help you? Because he was actually a more impactful player when you were doing more of that. Yeah. And, and now he's just an edge rusher. Where, where offense didn't know where he was going to be. Yeah, everybody knows where he's going to be all the time. It's like, okay, well, I can chip him. I can put a tight end on him, make him run the hump. Move the, the pocket. you can do, yeah. Uh, all right, offensive rookie of the year, C.J. Stroud, heavy favorite, minus 1,000. And I think because Puka Nakua has a great case, and he's second odds at plus 450. But Puka Nakua, I mean, C.J. Stroud's game in Week 17, that Saturday night where they beat the Colts, and it was essentially a playoff game, and he played great. I think for anybody that had Puka Nakua, and maybe we're going to push for him, C.J. Stroud won the vote. How I mean, could it not be a... Puka Nakua? He broke, like, every rookie receiving record. Well, so did C.J. Stroud. Did he, did he break every quarterback record? Yes. Touch the touchdowns, a, yards? A lot of them. He's the first rookie to lead the league in passing yards per game. He's the third right. quarterback all time alongside Tom Brady and Joe Montana to lead the league in passing yards per game and touchdown to interception ratio. Yeah, but uh, touchdowns and yards. 23. Yeah. I'd I mean, take, how many? Puka Nakua had like 13 touchdowns. I know. He had a and great over 100 year. receiving and, or receptions. And in, in, in any other rookie year, Puka Nakua, any other year, Puka would have won it. Yeah. But C.J. Stroud just had a phenomenal rookie a year. And led his team to, to a playoff game playoff and a win. win. Yeah, a playoff win. And, a and if there was any doubt, as tight. And won a division. That's why I'm saying. They won a division. If there was anybody leaning Nakua because he's just had such a phenomenal season, then you know that game against the Colts in Week 17 solidified it because he just played yeah. great. And that was essentially a playoff game on the road. Was huge. The touchdown, the 75-yard bomb to start the game. No interception. So uh, I think Stroud's going to win it. I did, but that takes nothing away from the year Nakua had. No, Puka, that was that was like you said, it was the greatest rookie receiving season of all time. NFL history. So. And he plays with Cooper Cup. <laughs> and I want to say, th- th- didn't Laporta basically break some records too as a rookie tight end? Yeah, he that did. Rookie class was nice. Nice. Well, and you're going to see too him because in the 
Final Five that were announced yesterday, Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta. Yeah. Both rookies for the Detroit Lions, first and second round picks. That was so. a nice rookie class for the NFL, man. 100%. Uh, now, according to uh, – let me, let me check here. So, according to uh, – to Vegas, Jalen Carter of Philadelphia is the odds favorite to win the Rookie of the Year on defense. What? Over Witherspoon yeah. and Will Anderson? That's what it says here. Will, like An- Will Anderson's a finalist along with the – I didn't think I didn't even see Jalen Carter as one of the finalists, so I don't think they're going to be right on that. Uh, let me go check that. No, I think you're right about that. I didn't see him either, but I'll go check right now. Yeah. So, but, you know, the, the Texans have a chance to sweep offense and defense. If he doesn't win, I think it'll be Devon Weatherspoon, who was the fifth pick out of Illinois to the Seahawks and he played was, really, really well. He was great this year. And comeback player of the year. This is, this is my favorite one. <laughs> I mean, I know DeMar Hamlin's going to get votes because he's alive and he's still playing on a roster. That's accomplishment into itself. That is. By the way, did the Bills really try to run a fake punt with DeMar Hamlin? They did. <laughs> with the Chiefs only had 10 men on the field. They're like, man, we paying him? <laughs> y'all don't want him to play? He on the roster, we playing him. Y'all just want us to sit this dude on the roster and let him just collect these checks. By the way, remember they guaranteed his contract. And we're never supposed to play him ever again but keep him on the roster? He wasn't I'm really good with the start. That's he was a bat. He was what third string. Well, yeah, he's alive, and that's the he yeah. was a, he, he right. was dead on the field. So that at least brings the he's gonna win comeback player because he came back from death. Yeah. Is Joe so Flacco still came, number two? Because you also have to consider who came back from the furthest. <laughs> he came back from death. Winner. Baker Mayfield came back from being a backup with the Rams. Yeah. Demar Hamlin came back from being dead. So winner. winner. Done. <laughs> Done deal. Vote. I mean, no competition. Joe Flacco came back from being on his mom's couch at Thanksgiving. Yeah. This guy came back from not living. He came back from death. So yeah, that way. He wins. And I don't know how much he played, honestly. I have no idea. Did he play at all? Uh, he, was a, he was a special teams player. He, played, he, played he, teams? he made like two tackles all year. Yeah. Okay. And so that could, we'll see. I mean, if he doesn't win it, it's probably going to be Baker Mayfield because he led the Buccaneers into the playoffs and had his best he season. won a game. He won, won a playoff, won a game. playoff game. Yeah. But, again, none of that mattered as far as this vote goes. Um, the vote was in right at the end of the regular season oh, that's after true. Week You're 17. Right. Uh, Coach of the year, I think it's going to be D'Amico, or it should be D'Amico Ryans, but it might go to Kevin Stefanski because what have I just said? He, it was the regular season games. And the final, in the end, unless D'Amico But D'Amico Ryan, did win the division as a first-time rookie yeah, right. coach, and that was during the regular you're season. Right. First it's, time. That's going to be very close. This is the first time in like 100 years. I remember I told you guys the last time that a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback won the division and went to the postseason was 1920. And it was like George Hallis. <laughs> um, and like, uh, was it? I believe his name was Dutch Sterneman. Yeah, come on, now. Yeah, he, on, I now. think I think he's going to win it. I think uh, if, but if there's anybody that's going to beat him, it's be Stefanski it because be Stefanski. he won 11 games with you know four Joe, different, four different quarterbacks. quarterbacks. Yeah. And well, actually, they, they actually started five, and then last week they started another one. And the, and the fact that D'Amico and the Texans smashed the Browns in that playoff game won't matter because the votes were already in on yeah. that front. That's that we said that that morning after. Like if Stefanski wins Coach of the Year at the NFL Honors on February the eighth. It's going to be kind of awkward because D'Amico, right? We all saw Beat the game, yeah. 45 to 14 or whatever the was. Was that really on Stefanski, though? Well, it didn't Joe Flacco had threw back to back pick sixes. Joe Flacco been throwing picks all year, actually. They've just been winning in spite of that, truth be told. Yeah. Like, go look at his interception rate. Joe Flacco I mean, been throwing he, picks like that all year. I mean, we, we, he's we, been throwing he's been back to back pick sixes like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the nail in the coffin. That was the worst. Well, it was still twenty four to fourteen at the time and the Texans were in control of the football game. Uh they got all scheme though. They they got no, all coached. Big time. Big they got all coached though by Demico and his staff. Hundred percent. In all phases. Yeah. Offense and defense and special teams. All right, we'll come back. That was the number one defense in the in the league and CJ Stroud shredded him. 
uh, for big <laughs> playoff pass defense. Yeah, number one pass defense. So, yeah. yeah, I think that would have won. If you if you held your vote, that would have certainly been a big deciding factor, but it was too late. All right, we'll come back. When we do, Rod will take us behind the burn orange curtain. We'll take your thoughts on those awards and who should win them. Uh, and remember, uh, February 8th is a Thursday night in Vegas. That's when they have their kind of award show, red carpet, NFL honors. All those will be announced. Also, the NFL's man of the year and all the, the pomp and pageantry of a of the NFL. All right, we'll come back. When we do, Rod will tell us about the new, apparently apparently the new defensive line coach for the Texas Longhorns. Get your details there. Also some uh, off-the-record conversations for the end of the hour. Coming back next, that will be at the turn with Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Turn is presented by Callahan's General Store, helping to keep your yard in golf course condition year-round for 45 years. It's always a good day to make it a Callahan's day. Thank you, Kenny Loggins. Appreciate you uh, bringing us half the turn. We're halfway through our Friday conversation, getting you into your weekend. Coming up for the top of the hour, Rod, we'll get some off the record. You know, we just talked about Tyreek Hill in uh, one of the nominees for Offensive Player of the Year. He's also in an off-the-record topic, which is never good. <laughs> you never want to be an off-the-record. Nah, it's like being on Jerry Springer. Yeah, not good. That, not yeah. good. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, but at half the turn, Rod, right before we get to your behind the burn orange curtain and learn about the new Longhorn defensive co- line coach, um, how about this? Uh, we told you it was coming, and it did. Uh, you know, the Alabama sophomore Nick Dunlap uh, flew back to Tuscaloosa this week and uh, told his his head golf coach that he's turning professional. Didn't take long? Didn't take long. Mm-mm. After winning the event out in uh, Palm Springs, he says, you know what, I'm 20, I'm going pro. Uh, he will make his debut on the PGA Tour as a as a, an official professional where he can collect checks uh, next week at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. So it's a pretty good way to start your career out at Pebble Beach, one of the uh, mm. beautiful golf courses of the world. Uh, so that's happening. Also, of course, they're playing the Farmers Insurance Open right now. Uh, and it's a good leaderboard. You've got uh, Kevin Yu uh, at 864 along with Patrick Cantlay as your leaders right now as they play into the week. Remember, that's a Saturday finish uh, oh, yeah. coming up there at uh, San Diego. Uh, Tory Pines. Uh, so golf on the brain. Get over to uh, Callahan's General Store this weekend. Uh, of course, they're closed Sunday, but open tomorrow. they got live music from noon to 4. So get on over there. Get all your supplies and everything you need to come off of these uh, rainy days. going to be nice this weekend. Get over to Callahan's General Store, bringing you at the turn, our halfway point of our show each and every morning. At the Turn is presented by Callahan's General Store, helping to keep your yard in golf course condition year-round for 45 years. It's always a good day to make it a Callahan's day. And they were all asking themselves the same. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Game question. What is behind that curtain? All right, let's talk about the Longhorns' new defensive line coach because a lot of Longhorn fans out there had to uh, go deep down the rabbit hole after they heard about Kenny Baker getting the uh, the job as the new Texas defensive line coach because a lot of Longhorn fans were unfamiliar 
with his work. Uh, he was originally a defensive lineman um, as a player at uh, Gardner-Webb. He was team captain there, really good player, defensive player of the year for them. He was a three-year starter, four-year letterman. Um, ended up there as a student assistant after he got done in 2009. And after he uh, was there as a student assistant in 2009, I think he got his master's there as well. So he's a smart guy. Uh, Dean's List a couple of times. He ends up going to Lakeside High School uh, in Georgia to become a defensive coordinator there. Uh, and then after, and that's actually Lakeside High School, so in 2010, 2012, 2013, he goes to Berry College. His first time coaching at the college level was 2013. And he's co-defensive coordinator there and linebackers coach there. One year, Leaps goes to Mercer from 2014 to 2018. He's there as a defensive line coach at Mercer. Uh, in 2019, goes to UT Chattanooga. Uh, and becomes the defensive line coach at UT Chattanooga. And then goes to Western Kentucky, where he actually uh, Western Kentucky starts to uh, get a name for himself uh, really with talent development, developing some players, uh, some high-caliber players into all-conference players, and some of those, and one of those guys, D'Angelo Malone, into an NFL player, a third-round pick for the Atlanta Falcons. That's where he starts getting a lot of his uh, reputation. He's been a guy that can develop talent. Go look at a guy like K.N. Edwards, who was uh, an all-conference player for him at UT uh, Chattanooga around that time. Uh, you go look at uh, Devonsha Maxwell was another player from his time at UT Chattanooga, Telvin Jones. Now, these are not names that you guys know. They're not guys who got drafted, but these are guys that were not all conference caliber players prior to him um, joining the staff and then were able to achieve at a really high level once he got there. Um, and that's the kind of the reputation he has. So after he uh, at Western Kentucky, after he's done there for three years, um, 2020 to 2022, he ends up as the defensive end and D-line coach there at one time or another. Then he goes to the Miami Dolphins last season as the assistant D-line coach with the Miami Dolphins. And that's obviously the last stop that he had before he becomes the defensive line coach at Texas. Summer one, and by the way, the, line, the, the uh, Miami Dolphins, they were fourth in rushing yards per attempt allowed. They were third in sacks. They were second in QB knockdowns. They did not blitz a lot. They had a very low blitz rate, which means a lot of that was manufactured by the defensive line. And he was the assistant D-line coach there. So he's got, uh, you know, he's, he's a fast riser. It's a fast, meteoric rise. To me, that says a few things. Number one, he's great at networking. He can network like a mofo, and he, he really values relationships and cultivates relationships really quickly and maximizes them. That's how, you, that's how you become a fast riser. <laughs> uh, that's how you coach for just 11 years total and make it to the NFL and already become the D-line coach at Texas. Fast riser can network. I mean, that's not the only thing. I want to say that's obvious. That's part of his skill set. And so people who are worried about him being a great recruiter, I know I can't vouch for his recruiting uh, chops, but recruiting his relationships. And this is a guy that is obviously really good at and values cultivating relationships, maximizing relationships. And in terms of recruiting, he may just be one of those guys that Sark wants to put his, his kind of mark on a, a particular region or a particular metro area. Remember what I said about Atlanta, which is where he's from, that Lakeside High School where he was the, um, where he was the, the, the defensive coordinator and even high school where he went to school. He's from the Atlanta uh, metro area. And I've told you guys this several times since 2020, no metro area in the country is producing NFL players at a higher rate, draftable talent at a higher rate than the metro area. DFW is second. So it's right there. 
but then that's the Atlanta metro area. Sark knows he's got ties in DFW. Now you got multiple guys with ties to that Atlanta area. You know, you got the short choice who was there at Georgia Tech for a while, and you got this young man now also has deep ties there, Kenny Baker, to Atlanta area. So that's something to consider if you're upset about the recruiting aspect of it. But you only get to the NFL a few ways. I told you guys about nepotism, family business. That's a way to get to the NFL. You can get there. Great networking, which is why I think that's one of the ways he got there. But even networking won't necessarily, to me, it won't be the biggest determining factor in you getting a job in the league. Usually it's about can you develop talent? Or do you have a groundbreaking technique a revolutionary scheme or technique the NFL covets. Like Brendan Marion, his go-go offense, you know, there are lots of NFL teams that were literally stealing Brendan Marion's go-go offensive concepts. That's what made him a fast riser. He had a revolutionary groundbreaking scheme that everybody wanted a little piece of, even Sark. So you can have, you can, that can be a reason to use a fast riser. For Kenny Baker, I think he's a great, uh, I think he's a great relationship guy. I think he's great at cultivating value in relationships, maximizing them. And I think he's a great talent developer. That, that seems to be the reputation, and you don't make it to the NFL without being able to develop talent. He's a – and this was from my man Jerry Hamilton, who does great work, and we trust Jerry had him on earlier this week. He said he talked to a source, and the source said this about him. Phenomenal hire. He teaches run game and teaches pass rush at a high level. Phenomenal hire by Texas. Chip Brown spoke to a couple of sources um, about him, and Kip, Chip Brown spoke to a coach who said a young, hungry technician who has helped groom NFL talent. He also went on to say he's a relentless. He has relentless work ethic and passion for the game. And another coach said just a great developer of talent, elite teacher. He's from Georgia and he's going to recruit hard. And as a coach, he's elite and has gone through every level of college and football and worked his way up. He's earned it. Just a great developer of talent. He's going to be very precise. He's going to be very technical. And I think the talent development is the biggest piece with him. There you go. So talent development seems to be the buzzword around him. And I can tell you right now, he's a great networker. That usually uh, translates to recruiting. And he can recruit Atlanta. That is the most fertile recruiting ground arguably in the country right now. He's got deep, deep, deep ties there. Well, it, it, two things that stand out of all that is, are several things. One is that Sark was not going to just hire a name. He was going to hire someone who checked the boxes he was looking for because um, no one's heard of the name Kenny Baker, right, right. Really. the average fan. No. Uh, so he was looking for, for – he was going to do the deep dive and, and find the right – I mean, Ed Orgeron's name was mentioned and even Rod Wright. And now Rod Wright might have been a great hire, but Rod Wright – in the interview, I was told, did not, you know, embrace recruiting as much as Sark needed him to, mm-hmm. uh, which, again, Rod Wright has options. There's reports he's going to end up as the full-time D-line coach of the Texans, which, good for him, good yep. for Rod, and now he gets to stay where he is. But this is a guy, as you said, I mean, there's a lot to like about a guy who rises that quickly and everywhere he goes is successful, and everywhere he leaves, the place he left has good things to say about him. You know, well, he's not leaving places, because he's, but he's rising. Yep. I mean, from Mercer to the NFL in about five years. That's I, that's it's hard to do. I can trust him as a guy who knows the coach community. That is tough. Yeah, from Mercer where without he was. a coach, without a like I said, not a dad or an uncle that's coaching <laughs> in the league with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and so now here he is, and he's got the, he's got the ties to Atlanta and the Deep South, which the Longhorns want to be able to recruit there. Uh, it kind of fits the culture mold that they're looking for here, and it's about development because the one thing I kept saying with Bo Davis, you don't want to lose the way he's developed these linemen because they're, they're reaching their ceilings. I mean, how many times before Bo Davis came did we say, man, if that guy could just have the light go on and he reach his ceiling, he could be a real good player, and it just wouldn't happen. Uh, Bo, Day, Bo Davis found a way to, 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 to have those guys play to their best. Yep. And so more Ojimo and Keandre Coburn became draft picks, and now 
you know, Tavondre Sweat develops into the Big 12's you know, defensive player of the year and Byron Murphy. So that needs to continue. I mean, you don't want to lose that when just because you lost Bo Davis. So he was certainly looking for all of those traits. Mm-hmm. Great developer, uh, you know, just energetic as heck and, and wanting to, to grind it out and get on the recruiting trail. And to, to you, when you say develop relationships – well, that's recruiting, right? That's, that's all it is. Because when you, when you recruit a kid, you start when they're in a sophomore year, and you've got to develop that and cultivate that with his family yep. over two, three-year period. You know, the recruitment of Arch Manning for, for A.J. Milwe and Steve Sarkeesian began when he was a freshman and a sophomore. Yep. I mean, and those you know, times showing up at the high school and showing up and meeting the family, those paid dividends when it was time to make a choice. That's what recruiting is, Rod. It's, yep. it's not, you it's know. It's an investment in a relationship. Yes. You're investing in it. And you, gotta, and you make several investments before you'll see any return on that investment. Yeah. That's over years. Yeah. And you got to be willing to cultivate that relationship and not get distracted and not have lows. How often do you hear a guy say, you know what, yeah, I, I didn't talk to that coach for a while, but he kept on, you know, he was very consistent, he was very persistent, and then the recruitment came back around. We came back around to Texas. Yeah. yeah well, recruit I, to the whistle. I'll mention one recruit thing. Recruit to the whistle. To that point. Because you see, if you if you have X or Twitter and social media, and you see Sark and his staff, they're all over. They're flanking out. And they're going to every high school in the state, mm-hmm. essentially. And then the coach of the high school takes a picture. Yep. They say thanks for Coach Sark and whoever for stopping by and uh, taking a look at our players here at, at whatever high school. But they're going to schools right where they don't even have prospects. They're cultivating the relationship when that team, that program does have a prospect. Exactly. Right? I mean, you can't just show up when there's a five-star. Yeah. The day you, you look yeah, <laughs> you look shady. Yeah. <laughs> so you're just stopping in on your way. I mean, if you're, if you're down in the Houston area, you're going to stop at all the high schools. You're going to mm-hmm. stop in and say hi and meet the coach. And, yep. you know, hey, our door's always open in Austin. Come on and see well, us. Oh, you got a kid? Yeah, 2026 20, kids. Yeah, pretty but you got to do that for when they do have that guy yes. you want. Yeah. And if you haven't planted the seeds, you know, you're – Like an outsider. Yeah. Like an outsider. Oh, now you want to come say hi to our program yeah. and get to know me. That's exactly. nice of you. Yeah. But totally that's, that's, the, that's the kind of stuff you have to do. And that's why if you're, you know, if Rod Wright didn't want to do that, I get it. It's a full-time <laughs> job. I tell you guys, recruiting is a full-time job. Coaching is a full-time job. Coaches in college have two full-time jobs they have to do. Yeah. And you can make the argument, well, you're not paying me enough to do two full-time jobs. I'll take less money in the league. So I can do one full-time job. And do it better. And have, do it better and have some downtime. Because well, recruiting, guys, it is – y'all have no idea the amount of time these guys spend on the road in airports just to like, do what you just said, to go stop by, you know, coaches and make sure they're cultivating those relationships. That is, it is a tough. A lot of high schools. Especially if you don't like to do it. Like I said, everybody's not an extrovert. Some people are introverts, naturally. They don't want to be out there. Sometimes y'all got jobs just so you can sit in the office and want to sit at home. Don't even want to go into the office anymore because you don't want to deal with people. You just want to do your job. The NFL, there's some coaches like that too, and they don't want to go recruiting. I don't want to go talk to mom, crack jokes, well, sit in the living room. I mean, you can bring it down to something simple. It's why, you know, not all bartenders are really good. Not all wait- yeah. wait- waitresses or wait- waiters are really good. Yeah. Some are great, and you know the difference real quick, and recruiters are the same way. Exactly. you got to connect with people, but you got to hustle. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a full-time gig. I'll say this. From what we do, I tell Jerry Hamilton this all the time, and I couldn't do his job. I mean, no covering way. recruiting. What? What he does? That's, there's no way. No way. <laughs> He's like trying to follow these coaches around. Those guys are in their cars all the time. <laughs> no. They're driving around the high schools. Yeah, you're right about that. And 
they have to talk to kids. All the time. So you got to be on on your game on your social media because you got to hit up kids in the DMs and oh. be texting back and forth. Oh, man. No way. I can't do it. Couldn't do it. <laughs> we can do this, though. We also can come back. There's a little uh, bio and thought on Kenny uh, Baker coming yeah. in to be the new offensive defensive line coach for Texas, it appears. So trust not him, Sark. Just trust him. Trust him. So he's made yeah. really good. And the last box he checks is he has NFL ties now. Now he had a year in the NFL, yeah. which helps when it's – Yeah, because Sark couldn't justify the hire if he didn't have that. Think about it. He just hired the guy from out of Western Western Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. Everybody would be like, what the hell are you doing, Sark? But that one year in the NFL, everybody goes, okay. NFL. <laughs> okay. Oh, he's got an NFL pay degree. <laughs> yeah, you go. All right, we'll be back when we do. We go off the record, including uh, Tyree Kill in off the record, where you don't want to be. I promise you. Hook it up with Ian Robbie. The Horn text line has moved. Join the conversation on the new Horn text line, 512-447-3776. That's 512-447-3776. Off the record on Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B is brought to you by Viking Fence. When you think fences, think Viking Fence. DD Mega Doodoo. I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get they break the egg comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in the sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live! I can I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, Rod, it's time for Off the Record. Uh, stories you need to hear into your weekend. Oh, yeah. Because <clears throat> you're going to be, they'll be talked about, I guarantee you, uh, into AFC and NFC Championship game weekend. How about this? A lawmaker who wants to make new cars go, not be able to go more than 10 miles an hour over the speed limit. What state do you think this is from? A lawmaker oh. <laughs> wants to pass a bill that would force all new vehicles to have a speed governor. So they cannot go Morgan. more than 10. It's got to be out of California somewhere. There you go, Rod. It's got to be out of Cali, man. California. Trying to control my speed like that? That's Come on, be, man. Yeah, that's a Cali thing, though. <laughs> Cali. Probably the person going super slow in the left that's, lane. Come on, man. Are you serious? Yeah, that ain't going to happen. That ain't going to happen, man. It's not going to happen, happen in Texas. I know that. Hell no. <laughs> like our speed, not guns in Texas, man. People come from out of state and they come to Texas. They, 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 can't, amaze, they can't believe the Buckies, and they can't believe that <laughs> you can go 85 miles an hour on the road. Yeah. On some roads. You got to pay for it, though, right? You said you oh, toll yeah. road. You know, oh, yeah. But if you, what upsets me is when you get on the toll and go slow. Listen, the toll is made for speed. Don't get on there and go slow. What you paying oh, for? Especially if it's like You're one paying of those, money to go fast. Like on Mopac, one of those, you know, oh, yeah. inside lanes. Oh, that is so annoying. Somebody's going 50. And they going when the people, oh, that, that might be the most annoying thing. When it's a single lane, the like HOV. a little toll like that. Yeah, the HOV. And I then one person is going 60. It's too risky. The traffic is passing you? Yes. It's like, <laughs> it's like come on, man. I'm paying money to go slower? Nothing to make, nothing grinds your gears more than that. Oh, that's annoying. Uh, off the record, Rod, what do you have? Uh, okay, how about this, guys? Uh, apparently, the Spurs, this comes from Bleach Report. The Spurs staff is advised to not contact Wimby after 9.30. He goes to bed? Apparently, yeah. He, he, re- he reads for an hour before he goes to sleep, and 9.30 is during reading time right before he goes to bed. He's educating himself. I love it. That's what that, that comes I from. I love that about him. Yeah. That comes from uh, the San Antonio Express News, actually. Good for taking, oh, sorry, the Athletic. I take that. The taking athletic, a page out of LeBron's book. You know, he's quite the reader himself. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you know that, uh, you know, what is it? Um, 
No, because are you talking about when LeBron says like he reads yeah. a new book? When the, when the reporter asked him, he, asked him about the Malcolm X book, reading? and he was like, "Oh, oh yeah. it's uh, it's been it's yeah. been good." And they're like, "What about this part?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah." And, uh, he, yeah. He's he's been caught several times, just like he has a been book. caught several times, acting like he's some ferocious reader. About, he carries yeah. him around. It's like the it's like the dude here in Austin that carries around the empty guitar case because it you know picks up chicks. It does. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've never done it. I don't know. I don't know about that one. Now, chicks love dudes that know how to play a guitar. You have to be good, but you can't use that skill too often. You can't be the guy at the party that's like, "Hey, you want to get like?" There's a cheesy, right? Yeah, but that's any 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 game like that is a there's a board there's a line to it. Yeah, you got to be like once you you cross into the cheesy territory. Yeah, you got to be sitting on like in the six pack on campus. You got to just be sitting there by yourself one. They yeah, just, but the case just sitting next to you. Well, yeah, yeah, just sitting there. Then you just you, know, you become there, a more interesting. Storming a little bit, and then the ladies will just start flocking around. You're yeah. like, oh, what is he doing? Dogs do that too. Babies. We were, we were at a park <laughs> with a baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it works with the ladies. I always say, for my, I, I have a son. I got a daughter. But if I had a son, I would definitely teach him how to play an instrument. You'd have to learn because dude, it's gonna help you pick up chicks. If you got no game at all, this will help you pick up some chicks. Do that, and I'm also gonna teach him how to deep snap, pick up chicks, and get yourself a scholarship, and with no skill at all. It also helps you your brain develop, too. That's that is of, true. That's great thing about learning an instrument and reading like LeBron. Uh, okay, so I'd also say this. Remember, Shohei Otani is the one who says he sleeps 12 hours a night. Like oh, he has to get his 12 hours of sleep. Oh, LeBron does, too. LeBron says he sleeps 10 hours a night. Usain Bolt as well. J.J. Watt as well. Got to recharge, man. Elite athletes, they say that's when all, most of your recovery happens at, at night when you're sleeping. And that's my main problem. I get about six. So you're not recovering enough. <laughs> you're not getting enough rim. You need that rim. Well, I, mean, I get up at just after four, so if I got to wait up till the game's over, then I go to bed. I try to go to bed early a lot of times, but not every time. You're not an elite athlete, though. You're not an elite. <laughs> Trust me. You got that right. <laughs> uh, all right, here it is, Rod. We hate to report personal news, but Tyreek Hill, this is a People magazine story. Oh, no. So we have who's, uh, So Tyreek, Dolphins receiver Tyreek Hill says he hasn't filed for divorce from his wife, but court records show otherwise. Has she filed? Has he filed? He filed. filed. Court records show that he filed a petition for divorce from his wife of two months. Two months. It's Kenny Vaccaro's sister, too. Yeah, Kenny Vaccaro. It's Kenny Vaccaro's sister. And he has allegedly cheated on her multiple times already because there are multiple women claiming that he is their baby daddy and the children are within the window of him being with. What's her name? Kita Vaccaro? Kita. They yeah. got married just two months ago during the Miami Dolphins yeah. bye week. So these women are like, he's been cheating on you for a while, girl. She it's seems like she's he pretty filed. crazy. I, I don't know. I, I get filed. crazy vibes from her. He filed, though. Yeah, he filed. Uh, according to the court records. But now he's saying hey. he didn't. Maybe his well, lawyer did. I well, yeah, because it's cheaper to keep her. She probably didn't sign a prenup. It's like, dude, you realize you're about to lose half of your fortune? What are you doing? All because you had a woman for two months, a wife? Cheaper to keep her, man. House catches on fire. Marriage falling apart. Come on. Come on, Tyree. Get it together, brother. Hook it up. Rolls on Friday. <laughs>